Hello, and welcome to the Trinity Church podcast. Trinity Church is committed to reaching the lost, helping the poor, and teaching the abundant life. Our senior pastors, Rich and Robin Wilkerson, strive to bring the love of Jesus to those in Miami, Florida. With this weekly podcast, we hope that you have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. If you enjoy hearing from our preaching team at Trinity Church and would like more information, please visit trinitychurch.tv and follow us at Trinity Miami on social media for weekly updates and inspiration. Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 8, verses 42 through 48. The scripture says in Luke 8, 42 through 48, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Can you imagine? And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowded and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the women seeing that she could not be unnoticed, came trembling and fell at the feet in the presence of all the people she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Today, I want to speak on a different kind of a subject for Trinity Church on Mother's Day, and it's simply entitled Wounded. Wounded. I know this is a different topic on this happy day. I know that. But the truth is, church, that there is a growing number of women in our society throughout the United States and probably around the world that live on a regular basis wounded, hurt, broken. Did you know that we actually had a difficult time finding a young woman, a middle-aged woman, or an older woman give a testimony on video about how much their mother meant to them? We could find mothers talk about their children, but... No one that we talked to wanted to speak about their mother. Now, obviously, we weren't able to reach everybody in the city and everybody in our church, but probably 15 different ladies, and we couldn't get anyone to talk about that. And and people, even on our staff, have talked about the struggle they faced with their mother. I stand before you this morning to thank God from the deep of my heart for a mother who cared for me, who loved me, and who promoted the gospel of Jesus Christ in me and the character of Christ in me, the compassion of Jesus in me. She taught me chivalry 
how to treat a woman and be kind to a woman. That is not true for everyone that I speak with. I know women in our society have been, in many cases, abused and battered. Some have literally been abandoned. Some are single with three and four children by three and four different men. And the, the pain that literally overwhelms them because although they love their children, they feel chained to motherhood. It's not something that's blessing. It's more of a chain they feel and the responsibility and the intensity of it. And in some cases, because of what they've experienced, they have become angry. And sometimes they take that out on their children. And then little kids who had nothing to do with it feel that anger. Now bitterness hits those children. And all of a sudden, as a nation, if we're not careful, it just becomes this never ending cycle because wounded people wound other people you can only perform what has been performed to you that's all you know to do here was a woman who was wounded emotionally in this story now you say pastor why are you talking about this because I want to see Jesus heal every woman that I know in my world. I want to see the healing touch of Jesus come upon every last one. That's why some of you in this room are totally whole. But you're going to get anointed too today. Everybody in this room that's female is going to be anointed and blessed when they leave this auditorium in just a few moments. Here was a woman who was wounded. There's not a woman in the world who begins her menstruation cycle as a young teenager who believes that that cycle will last 12 continuous years without stopping. I dare say that none of us in this room have ever met a woman with that malady. And yet in this passage, we are reading of a woman who had a menstruation cycle that never ceased for seven or 12 years, 12 years. Jesus in this story was headed to the house of Jairus. This woman was a Jewish woman. She lived in Capernaum, Capernaum is on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. At that time, of course, it was a small center. Probably two or three rows of beach cabins or shacks maybe lined the lake. It was an important place to Jesus because Capernaum, where he was living at the present time, had a major highway. And, of course, it was on the lake many boats, and because of his ministry, it was convenient for him. He could hop on a boat and be to the other side of the lake in a couple hours, or he could get on the road and he could travel by highway to the next location. He had been called by Jairus, who was the head of the synagogue in Capernaum. 
to come to his home immediately. This is a Jewish rabbi, Jewish leader, Jairus, calling on Jesus to come to his house and touch his dying daughter. On the way to Jairus' house, he would have to pass by the house of this woman. And as he came towards Jairus' house, this woman with blood was in the crowd. Now, let me say something about the Jewish faith, in particular at that time in history. Any woman during her menstruation cycle was called unclean by law. Now, that was good and it was bad. If you were normal, a normal woman, and you had a normal family, husband and children, it meant that there could be no sexual relationship with your husband for seven days. It meant that for seven days you did not go about your normal duties as a woman. Now, uh, in those days, the woman was the keeper of the house and the raiser, the chief raiser of the family. And they say, well, and some of us in this day and age condescend to that kind of a woman. It's so unfair, especially at that time in history, because the sheer making of the meal for the day was absolutely treacherous. I mean, the making of the bread, the, the making of the dough, and seeing the yeast rise, and then putting it in a hot oven that she had to stoke with a fire. I mean, folks, just by the time she got the evening meal put together, it was just, I mean, she, she needed a rest at that point. And then the chores and keeping it together and taking care of the children in such a primitive time in history. It was amazing. For seven days, she was removed from all those duties. For seven days, she was removed from the children. Dad had to step in. So for seven days, it was like, in some ways, a monthly vacation for a woman. Think about it. No man. No work. No kids. Can I get an amen? Be honest, ladies. Hallelujah. And during those seven days in the Jewish legal and spiritual religious system, that woman was to use those seven days as rest and spiritual contemplation. Each month she would literally, even though she was losing blood and uh, all of the things stored up for a child to be nourished with should she be pregnant, even in this weakened state, she was literally being revitalized every month. It was a kind of a loving way to deal with women in those days as a religion. However, the woman was unclean. A monthly vacation is one thing, but for 12 years in a row, 
She's unclean for 12 straight years. You talk about being wounded. Here was a woman who was wounded emotionally, alone, by herself. We have women here at Trinity Church that I know of personally who are by themselves. They live alone. If there was a husband, he's gone. If there were kids, they live somewhere else or they rarely come and visit their mother. These women work hard. They come home to a little apartment. And oftentimes on a Sunday night in our Flow 530 services, because the altars are open, we're anointing with oil. The power of the Holy Ghost is here in our evening services. And then on Tuesday night, these altars are open in our young adult meeting where many people come. Flood these altars every Tuesday night, every Sunday night, so people can be touched and ministered to. And sometimes I'll be standing at the altar, and I'll see these women. And some of them I know personally. I know their stories, and I'll watch them weeping in the presence of God with their hands stretched high to heaven, speaking to Jesus as if you're all I have. Lord God, I need you. And we, the church, are their family. They are my sisters. They are my daughters. They are my mothers in the Holy Spirit. They're our family. They're part of us. And this is where they find hope and life right here. Because Outside of here, they're alone. Alone. Here was a woman whose emotions were raw. She was desperate for Jesus and didn't know it. There were no cell phones in those days. No Instagram. No Facebook. No television. No understanding of the outside world. No means of communication. I'm talking about a woman who lived by herself in a little bloody shack in her blood. And the only communication she ever had was what was happening just outside the window of her little bloody shack. And one day, she heard... That Jesus, the healer, was coming her way. That Jairus' daughter was dying. And so that in order to get to Jairus' house, the healer would have to pass by her little bloody shack. And so I'm sure she must have raced out the back door. She was unclean. She was not allowed to be with a crowd. But I, I'm, I'm sure she had some kind of a hoodie that she threw over her head. And I'm sure the clothes that she chose that day were dark, perhaps black or navy blue, something dark so that it would cover the blood that was pouring from her and she got into the crowd she mixed into the crowd to get to the king she was scared emotionally she was broken emotionally she was wounded emotionally maybe you walked into this room this morning sister and you have been broken you have been wounded you have been hurt emotionally 
and you say, Pastor, I came in here today and I'm all put together and nobody would know a thing, but I've got to tell you something, Pastor Rich. I'm raw. I hurt so bad. My emotions are so shattered. I am raw today. I need God. I need Jesus. I have such good news for you today. It was Jesus who read from the Old Testament book of Isaiah in the synagogue that morning. He opened the book to Isaiah. And in Luke 4 and verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed, the brokenhearted, free. Can you say amen today? Whatever you came in here, perhaps broken uh, emotionally, he wants to heal that broken heart. Those emotions to be healed by the power of God. The second thing about this woman here was a woman who was wounded relationally. You think about it. There was no one, no one for this woman. If her parents were alive, certainly they were out of the picture because she was unclean. Remember, the parents were Jewish. It was against the law for them to go near her for seven days. She was unclean. Certainly no man would have her. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Be married to a woman for 12 years in a row? You couldn't go near her? She's unclean? Consequently, certainly no children. No one was allowed to go near her. No one. Because she was unclean. Wounded relationships. Have you ever been there before? Wounded in or by a relationship. Somebody really walked out on you. Someone really hurt you. You know, I'm so blessed to have a precious mother and a precious wife. And I also have three beautiful sisters. I'm the oldest. These three sisters of mine are winners. But my oldest sister went through terrible struggles in her life. Hundred years ago, when she first got married, within three months. <laughs> yeah, she's my big sister next to me, younger, but you know what I'm saying. Beautiful girl, beautiful. Within three months, this quote, man of God husband left her, divorced her while she was pregnant with his child. This is within three months of the marriage. She was shattered. And my nephew was born a little older than John Fulton, my oldest son. And our family surrounded him with love. And in that next year, she met another gentleman that she knew from Bible college and married him. She became pregnant with his son. About two years later, he left her. 
Now she has two sons by two different men. They've left her. Our family is reeling with her pain. And when this happened, my dear sister lost it. Some of you have gone through things that were just so stressful that you lost it. And she went into the world. And she got hooked on drugs, on alcohol. Another man married her. And he was a weekend binger, but she couldn't do weekend binger. She was addicted. And so in time, he left her too. For years, she tried to break free of these addictions as her boys grew. And then about the time Pastor Robin and I moved here, she met a man in Alcoholics Anonymous. Can you imagine? His name is Craig. And they fell in love. And I said to him, I said, Lynn, are, you, are, you, are you sure about, I mean, you know, you're an addict. You're going to marry an addict? She goes, goes, Rich, I've never met anyone that cared for me like this. Okay. Then I met him, nicest guy in the world. I said, are you sure? You know, you're an addict. Are you sure you want to marry my sister? You know, she's an addict. He goes, man, I've never met anyone that cared for me like this in my life. And 17 years ago, the two of them got married. And, and you know, you, we can ask God questions once we get there. Because you want to ask him, like, God, why couldn't they just have gotten connected immediate? Of course, then I wouldn't have had two wonderful nephews and two gorgeous, you know, grandnephew and grandniece, niece and nephew. They're still married. Oh, my God. I've never met two old people that are that in love in my life for 16 years. And you know what it is? When, when Lenny met Craig, in some ways, she met Jesus. Jesus was so in him and loved her so much. And, and you, know what they're, you, know what they, you know what they do for fun? ride motorcycles <laughs> and they're just the you know the old texas people with the you know the leather jackets on and riding down the highway you know i mean works all week then on on saturday they go for a motorcycle ride she's on the i'm just going who is that who are they i don't even know them and when i talked to lenny she says i've never been all these years, Rich, I've never met anyone that cared for me like this. And when I talked to Craig, I said, Craig, I just want to thank you for being Jesus to my sister and loving her. Oh, no, 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 Rich. No, you don't get it. She, she's Jesus. She's Jesus for me. She loved me. Nobody loved me. You see, I believe with all my heart 
that no one on this planet can heal a broken heart and a relationship like Jesus. Why? Because he knows all about rejection. In John 1 and 11, John said about Jesus, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He was rejected by his own people. And you know, the scripture says that one of his closest associates, Judas Iscariot, in John 6, 71, sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. You talk about betrayal. Jesus knows about that. One of his best friends, Peter, in 1 Peter 5, 7 says, you know, when your burdens are too heavy, just cast them onto Jesus. He's the one that has your back. He knows what you're going through. You can just cast your cares on Jesus. And I love this. The apostle says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, he says, Your Jesus knows about every last detail you're facing right now. He knows every situation. He's already been through every last temptation and struggle and wound and betrayal you will ever face. That's our Jesus. Go with Jesus. Here she was. She was wounded spiritually. Excuse me, relationally, she was wounded emotionally. And finally, here is a woman who was wounded spiritually. Her own faith. Now listen to this. Judaism at that time, her own faith said to everyone in her world, don't go near her. She is unclean. Now, folks, that was something specific on a woman's menstruation cycle. But how many churches have you known in your life that said that about people in the church that they didn't like? She's been messing around. He's been doing. You don't even talk to him. Hey, hey, when they walk in, you turn the other way. Her own religion. She was wounded emotionally relationally and now she's wounded spiritually you see friends the power of christianity is that jesus broke the laws of sin and death he literally broke the curse hanging over our life the bible says in galatians 3 verse 13 and 14 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How many are thankful that Jesus broke the curse of the law? How many are thankful that you don't have to be rejected spiritually anymore? Hallelujah! Followers of Jesus, all of us know that the woman's religion kept her out of her own synagogue. The woman in John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11, who was involved in an adulterous affair, was caught by the religious leaders, not even by a friend. Religious leaders were spying on her. 
dear God. They felt it was their duty to spy on people. And they dragged her from the scene of the crime, threw her at the feet of Jesus. Our law, our spirituality tells us she should be stoned to death by us. What do you say, Jesus? You know that Jesus said, let him who has no sin throw the first rock. Now, folks, when I read this story and when I know my Savior, I want to say as your pastor, God forbid that anybody would ever walk into these doors and feel rejected before they even get to find a chair to sit in because they don't measure up. If that's, if that's the deal, which of us measure up in light of His glory and His grace? Any of us fail in light of our great God. This woman just didn't measure up with the other religious folks uh, she had a problem that was of none of her doing. And this problem wrecked her in every way, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And she heard them talking outside of the door of her bloody shack about Jesus, the miracle man. And that he was about to pass by her little house. She decided... This is my chance. She decided to go against the law and risk it all. She covered up and she mixed into the crowd as he passed by. She kept pushing through the crowd. And finally, the Bible says she reached through legs of people and touched the hem of his garment. What she grabbed hold of were the tassels that were attached to the robe of his garment. These tassels were known well in the Jewish faith. These tassels were representative of their law. When a man would wear a robe and have the tassels attached to the hem, it would say to everyone around him, we are Jewish people. We have a law. We have a system that we live by. And everybody, oh yeah, that's who I forgot. For, yeah, I know. I know who I am. But when other men in authority, like a chief rabbi or the king himself, would wear a certain colored tassel, it meant that he had extraordinary authority or power to do the extraordinary. You remember when King Saul was indisposed in a cave. He was trying to kill David. David slipped into this cave without Saul knowing it. The Bible says he cut off a corner of his robe and, and then he stood across the valley and from a mountaintop screamed to his king, I could have taken your life. But then David was convicted that he'd done that. Why? Because he had touched the authority of his chief. The tassel, the hem of the king's garment. Here was a woman that was so desperate she wasn't trying to kill anybody. She just needed help. She was tired of being broken and wounded relationally and emotionally and spiritually. She decides to risk it all. And she reached through the legs all covered up. And she grabs the hem of the king's garment. And he said, who touched me? 
Authority has gone out of me. She was instantly healed. She was healed by her faith. She risked it all. Jesus, Jesus healed her. I don't think it was Mother's Day, but it was this woman's day. And Jesus healed her. I want to say to all my sisters in this room, young and old, married, single, mothers, single moms, would you be willing today to risk it all? Just to risk it all and reach for the king. I promise you won't take hold of nothing. You'll take hold of eternity. Touch the king. I want you to bow your Thanks for listening to Trinity Church's weekly podcast. We hope that this has been a blessing in your life and will share this and other great resources with your friends. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow Trinity Miami. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.